really a well-established scene. The uh, the gut has to be the gut. Just <laughs> yeah, that scene is just too good. The gut scene instead of the cut scene. The cut scene is good. The gut scene is now. If they had a gut cut scene, then you really would have loved it. Oh, I would have loved if there was a cut gut scene at the end of the first episode. Maybe they cut it. Maybe they cut the gut. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want that. No, oh no, don't, don't cut that. Well, if you cut, you don't have a gut. Yeah, if you, it's very true. If you cut, you don't have a gut, and then yeah. you're uh, in a rut. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, very good. There we go. Do you know what uncancelled means? Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing Bet TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is Uncancelled, giving trash TV the chance it never deserved. Another episode of Undeclared, where we're covering Uncancelled. Uncancelled, where we're covering Undeclared. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the 2001 series from Judd Apatow. Uh, joining me today is a man by the name of David, and he has a podcast. And we want to hear from his own mouth <laughs> what his podcast is called and what he's all about. Oh man, thanks so much for having me on. So uh, the rumors are true. My name is David. I run a podcast called Shonen Flop, where what we do is, are you familiar with like anime or manga at all? Yes, yes I am. So like for instance, uh, so what we do at Shonen Flop is there was a magazine called Shonen Jump that had a lot of manga like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, One Piece all started there, but... Dragon Ball Z. Oh, well, there you go. There was a lot of garbage that ran in the magazine. Um, and so what we do is we look at these series and we kind of kind of actually similar to what your show does, where we look at these series that didn't run very long and just see, were they good? Were they bad? Did they deserve to be a flop or were they kind of a hidden gem? Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've even looked at stuff from the creators of stuff like My Hero Academia, Black Clover, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And it's crazy how they really made some hot garbage before they kind of found their success. <laughs> right throwing shit at the wall type deal right? <laughs> yeah exactly like uh are you familiar with my hero academia i am not no so that's uh that's like a really big superhero manga and he created two series actually that kind of were shit uh and one he actually just kind of took all the design some designs from the manga because he was like oh these are cool looking characters let me just put them in my next series uh <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> and they're just very weird <laughs> so so he Basically created a series and then had characters that he couldn't fit into the series, so he just put it in. So, like, no, he, like, ported them. So he brought in these characters from a series that got canceled into his next series. Oh, okay. That's, oh, okay. So he kind of, like, reimagined his own sort yeah. of. Okay, that's it's like Robert Rodriguez when he did those uh, Desperado movies. Yeah, that's a good call he out. just kept kept making it bigger and badder and more ridiculous yeah that's really cool <laughs> yeah and uh you can find us online at shonenflop.com on twitter at shonenflopcast and wherever you get your your podcast itunes spotify youtube patreon uh if you can listen to a podcast on it hopefully we're on it 
Right. Now, Shonen Flop, that's exactly how – that's spelled how it sounds, right? Uh, Yeah. S-H-O-N-E-N-F-L-O-P. There you go. Shonen Flop. Don't overthink it. Exactly <laughs> how it sounds. If you overthink it, you're not going to find the guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. We want you to find David. Oh, I appreciate it. And, uh, uh, yeah, anime is really – I've not watched too much. I used to honestly say anime sucks except for Appleseed. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that, but I heard good things about it. Oh, it's really great. That's what got me uh, into anime because I was one of those people who was on the other side where I was like, that cartoons are for kids. Yeah. (laughs) That stuff. But, uh, well, as we've seen, really... That's not true, and that hasn't been true since The Simpsons aired, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why I ever thought that. Completely wrong, and it was from (laughs) a point of ignorance. And if you think that, you're wrong. And so, or if you think that, David on his show will prove otherwise. Or maybe (laughs) not, because... Oh, jeez. The shows might be kind of stinky and deserve to be canceled. (laughs) As we yeah. find out on this show as well. Mm-hmm. So undeclared as we jump into it. Oh, I like that transition. Uh, first of all, the cast is huge. Yeah. Deep, deep cast. Uh, going from the first episode to the last, you see more familiar faces. Mm-hmm. The... My immediate thoughts were Judd Apatow loves STP Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great band. Oh, it absolutely is. But he puts, I think he's put one of their songs in every movie, TV show that he's done. So this was an earlier one for him. And yeah, no difference between whether it's made now or made 20 years ago. He will put Stone Temple Pilots in intro or somewhere in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just bought their catalog at this point. Yeah, I would not be surprised either. He certainly has the money. Uh, <laughs> he's very well... He's deep-pocketed, I imagine. Oh, yeah. So, this cast... I mean, lead character, Jay Baruchel, mm-hmm. uh Carla Gallo plays his girlfriend, who's a bunch of things over the years. You may not know her by name. If you see her face, you're going to go, Oh, that girl! Uh, Lizzie Kaplan is in it. She just kind of shows up in a lot of different things. Yeah. There's a lot of people in... That's a good point. There's a lot of people in this who show up in a lot of different things uh, (laughs) since this series came out. So I would say that's... I I guess that speaks to the series. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have Charlie Hunnam, who I was a surprise to see him in this. Jason Siegel pops up in the final episode. The list goes on. There's Oh yeah. I'm sure you could I'm sure I could spend about the next ten minutes just going through the cast and everything they've done. Mm-hmm. And it's very deep. And then there we have cameos. I think each epi- not each episode. There wasn't one in the first, but there was Oh uh, well Jenna Fisher was in the first episode. Oh yeah, that's true. I was like, whoa, that's really young Jenna Fisher. Yeah, I forgot about that. So there's a cameo from famous movie stars of the time, I guess still yeah. famous movie stars. Yeah, Will Ferrell's Maybe in it. A bit faded from the last few years, except 
I know Adam Sandler is in one. Is he? So, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I see him in the the IMDb trailer for his face as a thumbnail. <laughs> I'm going to assume he's in it. I don't know. Oh, you're right. He is. He's in episode The Assistant. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Okay. Right. So he's got uh, every... I guess anyone who's friends with Judd Apatow, uh, I know he worked with Sandler and Funny People, and Seth Rogen is in this series as well. Yeah. And he plays one of the main characters. Yeah, he plays the the roommate to Steve, who's played by Jay Baruchel. Mm -hmm. And I know I actually was reading up on trivia just after seeing the last episode, and he actually pitched Judd Apatow his script for Superbad during this series and Jason Siegel played what ends up being Jonah Hill. Oh, that's cool. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember uh, who played who, but every member of the cast uh, of this series, not every member of the cast, but members of the cast of this series were put in roles of super bad as Seth Rogen pitched it to Judd Apatow, Mm -hmm. which I thought was, I mean, that came out, this was 2001, and that was six years later. So that's quite a, a ways off of making. So I would have expected it to be, you know, maybe two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that certainly surprised me. Uh, I mean, it's sometimes development hell just happens, especially when you're trying to get like kind of an unusual idea. Like, there have definitely like scripts that have just taken forever to ultimately get made so it's disappointing it took so long but it's not unheard of in my opinion no it's definitely not unheard of and (laughs) yeah it did get made eventually and seth rogan was in it so it happened uh anyways getting into undeclared uh, misadventures of college freshman steve carp his fellow freshman and his first ever girlfriend lizzie axley steven's self-confident sophisticated self-confident sophisticated womanizing british college roommate lloyd haith that's a mouthful lizzie's endearing college roommate with a wild side rachel linquist steven's chubby happy-go-lucky college roommate ron garner steven's weird college roommate marshall nesbitt lizzie's loving but excessive ex-boyfriend eric and Steven's sympathetic geeky dad who's just been dumped by Steven's mom, which midlife... Cr- yeah, there's a lot going on <laughs> by that description. Didn't seem like that much, but certainly a lot of stuff. Uh, what did you think of this overall? What did you... I uh, really liked it. To be honest, I think I might just watch the whole thing afterwards, so I'm very glad that we picked this show. I was a big fan of Freaks and Geeks, which is another show I, pr- I haven't watched probably in like 10 years, so I definitely need to go back on that as well. But ultimately, like... To be honest, this is a hard show I feel for like to talk about because there's not a lot to make fun of because everything about the show, yeah, some of it didn't age really well and it's definitely a time capsule in the 2000s, but <laughs> it's still a well done show that was it's well done. Yeah, there's not a lot to, sh- to shit on with the show. I feel like it was a prototype and a lot of it since has been kind of copied and so it's been tarnished a little bit and I have not seen this before. So, I mean, 20 years later, I appreciated it. I thought it was well-made. I can see, I guess, based off the fact that it's kind of been tarnished means it was just that good and it was used as a prototype. So I can appreciate that. There's not a lot 
to say negatively about it other than yeah. the fact that it is a time capsule, as you said. Yeah. Is it is it rare for the show to be like kind of like you just can't make fun of it for its quality or does that happen uh, a lot during this series? Yeah. No, no, it's um, well, compared to what I've enjoyed and what the guest has enjoyed, obviously there's a difference there. And the last couple, I thought the last one was absolutely dreadful. What was it? John from Cincinnati. Oh, Just, yeah, Cincinnati uh, is not that is not the best of the Ohio seas. <laughs> yeah, it's not, but it has nothing to do with uh, Cincinnati. It's a guy named John who guess says he's from Cincinnati. He doesn't say much. He kind of portrays. I, I don't know. You'd have to listen to that episode when it comes out because that's. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to remember it. <laughs> it's just a series of of cameos. It's like this series where there's a bunch of familiar faces, but it's not people who went on to do great things. It's people who had deep previously done great things and you kind of uh. forgot about. And they kept on plugging in characters instead of advancing the plot. And it was just like, hey, I know that guy. Hey, I know that person. Hey, I know that uh, actress. Hey. And it just kept going like that. And versus this was like, hey, I know that guy. He went on to do all these things. Oh, it's cool to see him uh, in this at the start of his career. And that was everyone kind of at the end of their career washed up. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great comparison is that this really was a launching pad for a lot of great careers, as we said, and a deep cast. We talked about the cameos. We talked about the cast. I know John Favreau was the director of the final episode. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't see who directed the first. Uh, It was directed by Jake Kasdan. Okay, Jake Kasdan. Let's see what he's done. I think that's Lawrence Kasdan's son, Star Wars. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, so just, yeah, Judd Apatow called in every favor he had, I guess. <laughs> oh, he made the two uh, recent Jumanji episodes, or Jumanji shows. Right, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he's gone on to be... So, every single aspect, the cast, the crew, have all gone on to do great things. So that says a lot about this series. As I touched on a prototype... Which, if we jump into episode one... Yeah. First episode. It's called Prototype. <laughs> like, it's like they almost knew. Uh, this happens on the first day of college. Stephen Carp is entering his freshman year of college. His roommates, Ron, Lloyd, and Marshall, decided that in order to get noticed by girls on camp... They're going to throw a party. The party is pretty successful and Stephen is having a good time until his father, Hal, unexpectedly shows up. After Hal gives Stephen the bad news that he's divorcing Stephen's mother, he joins the party. <laughs> Lizzie, a girl who lives on Stephen's floor, had just got into a big fight with her boyfriend, Eric, and finds Stephen in his room crying about the info Hal just gave. She suggests that they have sex for fun. The next morning, Stephen wakes up to find Lizzie missing and his father in her. So yeah, this is great. I mean, it's a fun look at the college life. It's an accurate depiction. It's relatable. We've all been, you know, we all could relate to the 
girl that's in college is in a long-term relationship in high school she's in a big fight with her boyfriend about whether they should break up or not you kind of knew that that was going to lead to her you know doing some mischievous things that she would perhaps regret later <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we saw that coming for sure so steven was the lucky one there uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the fact that Steven's dad stuck around, which I guess... Yeah, I wasn't expecting that element. It looks like he sticks around the whole series. Well, yeah, he showed up in the last episode, so he definitely looks like he did. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, right? Neither was I. Yeah, I thought his acting was a little stilted, though. I thought... That's fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, maybe that's just the product, the acting style at the time. It could absolutely be. I didn't recognize him from anything. Uh, I was reading up on him. I think he's a musician, actually. Yeah, at least his picture on Wikipedia is him holding a guitar. Oh. Yeah, singer, songwriter, and occasional actor. So that makes sense why his acting kind of was not as polished. Yeah, it doesn't explain Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kidding. Love Ben Stiller. <laughs> uh, Dodgeball's great. Uh, no, I love the opening scene of Jay Baruchel just walking down the hall with Down by STP. Mm-hmm. Works really well. It's kind of like uh, in this new environment, this whole new big world. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? There's big booming guitars. And it's very rock opera-ish. And then, of course, we said Charlie Hunnam. He plays a guy with the accent who uses it to get the girls. I mean, yeah, that's the story of everyone's life, right? That's, yeah, every person I know does. So. <laughs> that's relatable. Seth Rogen plays Seth Rogen, as he always does. I don't know <laughs> that he has more than one dimension. I've not seen him in anything where he's not been a big, lovable, goofy, fat guy. <laughs> I absolutely love that, getting back to it. The dad, where he just stays and parties. And you think he's kind of kind of ruined Steve's night. Because he's going to say, oh, me, my, he does ruin it, kind of. Yeah. He thought he was going to, like, come and kind of embarrass him mm-hmm. and then just leave. But then he sticks around and he parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A great touch. Absolutely. But he did ruin Steve's. Well, or did he? I suppose Steve got, the, got a real good time in the end, but... <laughs> yeah, you sure. Yeah. That was an interesting twist. I was not expecting that, but I can yeah, see. No. I, thought I can he... see how the people that did it made uh, super bad and knocked up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's a real good point. Yeah, I thought for sure he was gonna just be crying in his room the whole night while everyone yeah. else had a good time. Uh, <laughs> but it absolutely seemed to be headed that way. And then, yeah, there was some. That was another nice unexpected kind of like whoa okay right on mm-hmm. a nice twist especially because he walks in on charlie hunnam and that asian girl who are yeah. kissing on the bed and like, we were just talking <laughs> and uh so you think oh he's he's the guy who's gonna get all the girls and now he's been he's now created turmoil with his roommate and his dad's here and he's just gonna be kind of dejected and loser feeling for the rest of the episode if not yeah that's the thing about the show is there was a lot of really skilled people that made it and i think that's really why you saw a lot of kind of unconventional approaches but that's kind of 
some of the things that probably made it the show didn't really mesh with the common public is that there wasn't a sense of kind of safety or predictability, which I think a lot of people watching TV at the time, especially pre-internet, they just weren't looking for a show like this. Yeah, it was certainly a time capsule of the 2000s, but a bit ahead of its time. I think Prototype may have been a bit intentional there for the naming of the episode because it really uh, yeah, it did a lot of things right. I did want to see more of the dad. I <laughs> partying. Yeah, I wanted to see him. I thought he was going to he's like, "Oh, I can drink a lot of beer." I thought it was going to be a scene of him the downing getting drowned in a keg or something like that. He's going to have a keg of beer dumped over his head or <laughs> He was playing beer pong. Yeah, he was. I thought there was going to be more of that, but he we did get the hilarious scene of him and Seth Rogen comparing guts. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Which is, you have a 40-something-year-old dad and an 18-year-old. I doubt Seth Rogen. I don't know what age he was. He was probably like 22, 23. Yeah, but he played an 18-year-old, so it's like... <laughs> I got the gut of an 18 year old. (laughs) I got the gut of a 40 year old man. Hey, he was dad bod before dad bod was a thing. Yeah. He rocked the dad bod. Absolutely. Prototype. (laughs) Yeah. Dad bods like 10 years when dad bods were like a thing in like 2013. Of course we touched on each character and how they all are relatable. They all have a relatable experience. Uh, We turn, of course, Lizzie who's fighting with her boyfriend, who we later find out is Jason Siegel. Yeah, Steven. I was gonna say, I was, I was like, is he in the show? That would have been very interesting. <laughs> he plays Steve's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve's karate teacher. Yeah, Steve's karate teacher. Yeah, Steven Seagal, now the ultimate uh, dad bod. Oh yeah, that's true. And he has a finch. Oh god, that's a whole other discussion. Ah <laughs> uh, man. Where did it all go wrong, Steve? I don't know. Well, it it was going wrong. It went right for Steve in this episode, the Steve character, but (laughs) Steven Seagal. No, things have not been going well for that guy. No, but Steve in the show, things go well for him at the end of the first, by the end of the first. Oh, yes, yes. Definitely better than my college uh, freshman experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, almost too perfect. He's got <laughs> new friends. He's about to have a new girlfriend. His dad is, I guess, finally leaving the college, though he mm-hmm. will come back. Yeah, he's, there you he's go. Not, you know, hanging out there. Twenty. You know, it's a shame there's no season two. It does make me sad, yeah. but we wouldn't have been talking about it if there was, I guess. No, we would not be. Well, maybe in another, you never know, in another type of podcast. Who knows? Right. <laughs> That is a later discussion. Uh, any final thoughts on the first episode? Uh, I really liked the heartfelt talk that the main character had with his dad. I also think that that kind of the jokes about speaking like Asian languages, I think I don't think it was un- t- intentional, but it did like it definitely didn't age very well. And I think it kind of had a racist overtone that I don't think was intentional. But viewing it now where they talk about like teaching someone who's an Asian American speaking English. It's not a joke I think they would have made nowadays. There's certainly stuff that's not aged well because of that, because it's in poor taste. What would can be be considered poor taste now with the more and more knowledge we have. Yeah. And there's also just kind of tacky two thousand stuff that it was a fad of that's kind of become hack. So in both ways there are 
uh, stuff that's not aged well and is, as you said, a time capsule. So, <laughs> yeah. But overall, first episode is pretty, pretty good. Did you mm-hmm. have a, a a rating? If you could rate this, oh, uh, I would say it's probably an eight out of ten. I could definitely see it being like a nine out of ten if I watched it in two thousand. But it's definitely just some parts haven't aged too well. There was some stilted acting, uh, but it's definitely like I would have kept watching the show if I based on the first episode. Yeah, fair enough. That would lead us to the last episode, which is Eric's POV. POV is now very popular. Uh, <laughs> more medium in more uh, mediums than one. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, you have, obviously, there's there's POV movies like uh, Hardcore Henry. Doom, that really cool, like, the best part of the Doom movie. Yeah, I didn't get, I've been meaning to see that. I saw the first You just need to watch minutes. the, f- oh, sorry, yeah. I saw the first five minutes and I said, uh, just the, there's a first person part. That's really the only part of it you need to watch. Oh, <laughs> I will make sure to skip the end of that. <laughs> uh, when does that happen? Uh, I honestly don't remember. That's only, I watched it in like a YouTube clip. Oh, <laughs> well, fair enough. So Dune is, not, oh, Doom, not D-O-O-M, like the video game oh, movie. Doom. Oh, I thought you said Dune. Oh, Doom. Like with the rock, yeah. There's a okay. first person section of it. That's the only good part of that movie. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said Doom is yeah not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it has. Well, it does have the rock, Dwayne Johnson, and it has uh, Carl Urban who did Dread. So I uh, yeah, my uh, Discord actually we do movie nights, and that was we did Dread for last month's movie night. Oh, such a good movie. Both yeah. movies are good. They did mm-hmm. a sequel. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're both excellent films. So mm-hmm. much fun. Oh, total blast. But Doom. Yeah, look at the first person POV on YouTube and enjoy the <laughs> yeah. rest. Because Shit. Play the, play the game. I don't. I haven't played yeah. the game in a long time. But no, it's probably better than the <laughs> Uh So first person POV of Doom. To Eric's POV of Undeclared. Last episode. Backdoor pilot that serves as the series finale. Backdoor. The boys binge watch Girls Gone Wild. The girls try to add highlights to Lizzie's hair, but it goes horribly wrong. Eric's buddies from his copy shop try to help him get over Lizzie. So, yeah, I I can see how it's kind of a backdoor pilot. I mean, it does kind of i did feel similar to the pilot in that it could have absolutely been swapped it wouldn't have been that much of a difference because we are wondering who and he's trying he's not over Liz. and then the theme of this i don't know if you felt this but i certainly felt that they were going to get together again they were going to get back together I just I feel like that's just the lazy route and so I just I don't know maybe my expectations of the show are high but I just I knew based on the quality of the show they weren't going to do something like that that's a good point yeah I did think it was leading to that and there should have been based off the show and based off the turns of the first episode that made me think okay how are they not going to let that happen Mm -hmm. but it just seemed to me like it was destined to happen and yeah (laughs) then of course the last scene is uh well we see throughout the series throughout the episode that uh, eric is struggling to get over lizzie and 
torn about whether to drive to the college or not, confront her about how he feels still. And we see him watching home videos of him and her crying like a little baby. (laughs) And uh, he even goes as far as to try to get with another girl to try to get over her. Yeah. uh, As set up by his co-worker. The tongue ring, man. That was a very uh, uh, Judd humor. Yeah, the the tongue ring, the girl he try the girl he starts make sort of getting hot and heavy. He then swallows a tongue ring and that's yeah, that's very Judd Apatow where he starts choking and gagging. She's like, Oh, that was my tongue ring. I got <laughs> swallowed by Jessica's brother. <laughs> like just when it comes out the other end, just rinse it and give it back to whoever her friend was. It's like, this has been in another guy's butt? <laughs> Like, yeah, that's like, what? I cleaned it. Uh, I think I would have bought a new one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't buy. It can't be that expensive. It's hung ring. Yeah, it's probably like maybe two dollars. Yeah, certainly with markup now. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can just make one, you know, with a paperclip. That is very true. Wow. That's very d- DIY. Do it yourself, tongue ring. <laughs> uh, DIY TR. On this show are the views of David and David only. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I-, I signed a waiver at the start of the show. It's fine. Signed a waiver. Uh, yeah, there's a couple funny things in this. Uh, I am surprised it was the final episode. The backdoor pilot is accurate. It felt like it could have literally been the next episode or a continuation. Yeah. Of the first. Uh, it was still like, you know, you got introduced to Jason Siegel's character, who is Eric, who after mm-hmm. hearing him on the phone in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Stiller has a cameo as the photocopy, one of the photocopy place employees. Mm-hmm. His roommate is played by Ben Stiller. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think Ben still had a cameo like that on Freaks and Geeks as well. It's all good. Uh, yeah, this, so Lizzie and Steve are kind of on the fritz, and then because Steve was torn between, you know, being good boyfriend and wanting to watch porn with his <laughs> with his roommates, you know, do, do guy shit, I don't know. And so, yeah, this... Uh, I don't too much sad beyond that. They end up getting back together after Lizzie gets her hair fixed. He apologizes to her, and then we get that pitch perfect scene at the end. Yeah, and it was more a character driven episode than like a comedy one. Saying it's a backdoor pilot, and you touching on when we discussed the first episode that uh, it seemed like it might have been cut down. This does mm-hmm. seem like it possibly could have been a contempt of pilot. We just put it at uh, season finale. I don't know if they knew they were being. Uh, probably not. Maybe I don't know. After he made Freaks and Geeks, he probably didn't have high confidence in anything he made next. <laughs> yeah, so he made an extended pilot and then tacked on the final ep- tacked on the the cut footage to the final episode. I I enjoyed it, but not as much as the first episode. I think just because it was more character driven, and since we hadn't seen the other fifteen episodes, it just wasn't as impactful. So you saw just a lot of character moments without really, I guess laughing at all because that wasn't what the point of this episode was yeah i'd agree with that uh i don't know maybe a six a high 6.5 out of 10 yeah yeah i would say like a six seven like it was fine but i would like 
not rewatch it. Like I, it would be on the list of episodes I'd probably skip if I was rewatching it. Better episode overall. Better episode. What do you have? Um, definitely the first episode. Yeah, definitely the first episode. Absolutely, I think that's a no-brainer. They're they're both not bad, and they do, as I said, they can both serve as a pilot. But absolutely, yeah, the first episode is more fun. Yeah, exactly. I just I think it's a great first episode, though, which is what the show wanted to be, and it it does make me sad it got canceled. Yeah, that's ultimately. But there is, um, I mean. 15 other episodes to watch and it's true are you gonna go watch them we'll tell you later <laughs> oh my uh we have the part you've been waiting for which is the best scene uh, so i think i had uh three three that really made me laugh i think the opener of the first episode when he cuts the when he just rips the poster and his friend goes i would have i would have taken that really made me laugh <laughs> I also yeah. like the scene of just like the dad bod discussion with his dad and Seth Rogen. Oh yeah. That is my best scene for sure. Yeah. And then uh, the end of episode 17, when they're playing around with the tongue ring, I thought that was just really funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of every episode, there is a cut scene over the credits. Yeah. And so, yeah, the final episode, they're playing with the, t- the tongue, butt ring <laughs> tongue, butt tongue, butt. Oh, jeez. Uh, Ew. Oh, that's an M. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's just what people, it's what those millennials are doing these days. Yeah, tongue punch the fart box, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also had the SCP hallway scene mm-hmm. at the opening. That really set the t- really a well-established scene. The, uh, the gut has to be. The gut. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gut scene is just too good. The gut scene. Instead of the cut scene. The cut scene is good. The gut scene is now. If they had a gut cut scene, then you really would have loved it. Oh, I would have loved if there was a cut gut scene at the end of the first episode. Maybe they cut it. Maybe they cut the gut. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want that. No, oh no, don't, don't cut that. Well, if you cut, you don't have a gut. Yeah, if you. It's very true. If you cut, you don't have a gut, and then yeah. you're uh, in a rut. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, very good. There we go. The worst scene worst scene i just think like his dad's acting just really it just really took me out of some scenes yeah and then, okay I can... yeah like that dude's not an actor so like when i saw on the wikipedia page he wasn't really an actor you could tell yeah i could definitely see that he was a and there mm-hmm. were certainly moments but i you know it did kind of fit his character. <laughs> That's fair. To years younger than him. You're not partying at... Well, unless you're Manchild or a top movie star. Like Johnny yeah. Depp or what have you. So parties. It's parties like he's 20 at 60. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, I feel like eventually that gets tiresome. Hey, more power to you. Makes sense. Yeah, so then we have unintentionally hilarious scene. Unintentionally hilarious, aka, it's so funny I forgot to laugh. I yeah, I, it's I mean, there's nothing that because it's a comedy show that's well done. I I can't. There's not really scenes that wasn't supposed to be funny that or that weren't supposed to be funny that were funny. So I just I might have to pass because I just don't. Well, I guess like the whole like early two thousands, everything is just kind of funny how it's presented. 
So I guess you yeah. can kind of laugh at how it's like a time capsule of the 2000s. Yeah, absolutely. I also had, uh, which I touched on previous, I have not seen Charlie Hunnam in anything sort of comedic since. I mean, the guy went on to do super hmm, dramatic. That's true. Biker, and he was going to do that Fifty Shades of Grey thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. And, uh, you know, Pacific Rim and Guy Ritchie, one that just had the gentleman. You know, this guy's always playing serious characters. And to see him here, probably one of his earliest roles as mm-hmm. goofy college British. Yeah. Pacific Rim job, though. Yeah. <laughs> Pacific Rim job. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. That was pretty funny to me. That was pretty surprising when I saw him and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, I didn't recognize him at first. And I was like, wait, fuck. That's who he is. Holy smokes. It was kind of a nice, uh, it was a fun departure. I wouldn't mind seeing him do something else like that, which uh, almost has me skipping ahead. But we do have, would you watch the rest? Quick pause for station identification. Not satisfied? Head on over to Uncancelled on Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season, as well as outtakes and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Oh yeah, I would definitely watch the rest of the show. Easy, easy windmill slam, yes. Easy windmill slam, yes. Uh, slam dunk. Absolutely. Touchdown. Touchdown. Uh, goal? <laughs> goal? Absolutely. I just want to, s- I'm just going to skip and probably watch the Adam Sandler episode and then decide from there. I'm on the fence about it. So I, but I really want to see Adam. Yeah. What, what he plays based off the others. Mm-hmm. It has me curious enough to see one more episode at the very least. So, yeah. And finally, are you uncanceling undeclared? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. 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 If it doesn't get canceled by the mildly racist jokes that had <laughs> didn't age well. <laughs> Season two of Undeclared. Uh, bring it on. If you already have stuff. Uh, I mean, it's it's about it's actually old enough that they could have their kids. The Undeclared, yeah, the next generation. That's what I did have. I had that. Uh, well, first of all, it does kind of feel like every other Judd Apatow thing. And yeah. So I'm not against bringing it back, but also it's kind of like he just rehashes things. Or he'd find a way. Oh, yeah. Uh, things to other projects he's doing but uh yeah i think it would be interesting when you consider all the uh, casts that went on to become more popular more famous and then you have the cameos of famous people of the time in this if they went and they had they had either their kids as you said or they just made a whole new cast and then that original cast now become the cameos yeah that would be fun, I think. I think that would be the funniest thing. That's that's what I would be most excited for if they did that. If they rebooted it and they had, you know, Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel, etc., all come in and have different little spots in each episode. I think that would be really fun. And that's 
the funnest idea I think out of any series that I've seen so far of this list. Mm-hmm. If they did that, uh, but for me, otherwise, I say leave it as it is. I don't. Um, ultimately, if there is more, release it, but don't make more of the same. Yeah, leave it in the trash. That's what I say for good reasons. Leave it as is. It's good as a time capsule and it's fun and it has all that nostalgia. It's, yeah. Leave undeclared un leave undeclared canceled. And <laughs> yeah. Leave it on YouTube too, please. That would be great. That would be awesome. I know Judd Apatow. It's where he watches it. Yeah. He does. He made a I think I was searching for it in a map about him and only available and it's not streaming anywhere else. Uh that might have been a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's what I saw too. So I'm, I appreciate you, by the way, sending me links to where to watch it. That made my life a lot easier. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do for everyone. Gosh, but some people have chosen to uh, buy these series. And huh? I, I mean, I don't. I'm just saying don't shit on me if you choose to pay for it. This was all I was saying is if you want to pay for it, you can pay for it. But I've found every single show for. Free. Oh, that you fucking Chad. I have found every show on a streaming service or I have an Android box, which has other streaming sites, a non-legal variety. Yeah, thanks for doing this. And uh, if you forgot to plug in before I stop hitting record. So I just uh, thank you so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun and you introduced me to a really great show. And uh, yeah, for you guys, if you enjoyed uh, hearing me today, you can hear more of me at Shonen Flop. You can just plug it again. We are on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast. Our website is shonenflop.com, S-H-O-E-N-F-L-O-P. And uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. and nothingness. Let me do the math here. Nothing and then nothing. Not satisfied? Head on over to Uncancelled on Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season, as well as outtakes and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Wait a minute. Throw some Ozen Oz in there. What's your hurry? <laughs>